Hello, welcome to Kingdom of the Logos, and today we're going to be talking about the alligator in the yard. And this is going to be a pretty serious conversation, so I thank you for joining me, and I'm Pastor J. Dylan Proctor here at Kingdom of the Logos, a Christian program of critical thinking and adventure. So, for a while now, I've been talking about the coronavirus. It's something that's cropped up in sermons. You're, you're probably thinking about it in your home. It's something which has affected all of our lives. Well, the truth of it is that this is a time where there's great uncertainty and it takes a lot of wisdom. Now, for a while, I've been using this image to describe the coronavirus as an alligator in the yard, and I wanted to put together a program that goes into that in more depth. And so, whenever there's an alligator in your yard, it's something which you have to pay attention to. It's something which is very serious. But when you look at the world and how things go on, the chances of you having one problem crop up at a time is generally very small historically. Um, a lot of times we have sayings, when it rains, it pours, and biblically we know that this is true. Whenever you have bad things go on, a lot of times you have a pharaoh who arose over Egypt who knew not the good deeds of Joseph. You always have bad things which come to pile on. And right now we have in our world a alligator in the yard, but the problem is, is that that is not the only alligator which has arrived on the scene. There are others which have come. And if we're not wise and we're not careful, a lot of very bad things can happen. So as I present all of this to you, I don't want you to think that I'm pretending like I'm wiser than anyone else. This really isn't even any wisdom that's unique to myself. This is basically just me trusting biblical wisdom, scriptural wisdom to be true. So I want to open up by reading Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, and then I'm going to talk about all these different alligators which we have that have cropped up to bring a lot of terrible things in our world. So in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, it reads, See, I am sending you out like sheep into the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. So when we look at our world around us, whenever you have an alligator come in the yard, again, it's an apex predator. It wants to consume and kill. A lot of times that grabs our attention, and sometimes we can be so focused on that that we miss the others that are coming and some of those will stay with us for a while so one of the things that's happened as time has unfolded that we've seen these other alligators become a little bit more and more apparent um, anger itself is an alligator frustration the temptation to to get upset with the ones that you love those things are, are alligators domestic violence we have seen that be on the the rise in our world um, suicide here in the state of tennessee has been higher it then has the deaths from the coronavirus. And that is a real consequence when you start shutting everything down, telling people to stay in their homes. People are not meant to do that. It's easy to get frustrated. The The temptation, the carnal nature that wants to turn you into a monster, it gets more and more amplified when you're not busy, when you're not occupied. A lot of these things come along and they're all alligators in the yard. We look at our world right now and we look at some of the things the government is doing, which doesn't make a lot of sense, like telling people you can't be out after midnight, shutting down beaches and things like that where people are naturally distanced. You know, that's another alligator. Um, we know there are people who want to drastically restructure our entire world, not just the United States, but all of civilization, especially Western civilization, and that's another alligator in the yard. There's been people who have literally said out of their mouths, never let a good crisis go to waste, and they're not going to let this crisis go to waste. So... We have internal temptations, which are alligators in the yard when the coronavirus is here, but we also have external temptations. And both of those can be extremely dead deadly. They're all violent predators that want to take hold of you. I, I don't like, as a pastor, to rate out which sin is worse than another. I don't like to rate out which uh, Bible verses and chapters and books of the Bible are better than others. Um, I just feel like those are bad policies. And so when it comes to alligators in the yard, I'm not going to do a lot of rating which is worse than the other, but they are all bad. They're all bad in different ways and at different times, but they all come to bring chaos and suffering into our world. We live in a day and age where 
the news media itself really is an alligator as well. So it's always suspicious when you've got an apex predator in the yard that wants to eat you. But the person that's trying to give you, you know, some tips on that, they also are an apex predator. They're a monster themselves. Um, and we see this, that the news media is not interested in life. We have um, thousands of children aborted a day here in America. And the ch- fact that the church has been so generally passive about this is just wildly um, it, it only it must be con- cognitive dissonance that people can live with this. Um, and the truth is that suddenly if someone's interested in life but not all life, there's always some suspicion to that. You just can't square the fact that why are we interested in life now and why is it this utilitarian look at life rather than actually looking at the, the quality of life? Why is there no wisdom? Why are there these false binary choices where it's either shut everything down or be wise and prudent? You know, there's, there's not a lot of middle ground there. And again, that's simply because we live in a day and age where when it comes to news and things like that, people generally only listen to sources that confirm what they're already thinking, what they want to hear. And thus we have a system where the truth is basically unattainable. When we go back scripturally and look at Jesus before the chief priest and Pontius Pilate before he's crucified, you know, you don't really see Jesus having a big press conference and answering a lot of questions. And when he does answer, it's generally very brief. And the truth is nobody questioning him is actually interested in the truth. Of course, uh, Pilate has that famous line where he says, what is truth? Whether or not he's actually interested in the objective truth, who knows? But Jesus is not casting his pearls before swine, nor giving fuel to a fire of people that just want to crucify him. They're not there for the truth. They're there for whatever, you know, debaucherous smut that they have conjured up in their mind. That's what they're there for. We look in our world and we even see when people get new information about testing and things with the coronavirus, they don't know how to respond to it. Um, the fact that there's more cases than thought before. Some people look at that and say, well, that must be bad. Others will look at it and say, hey, well, if there's more cases, that lowers the mortality rate. People aren't actually as sick as we thought they might be, so maybe this is good. But the truth is, is there is great uncertainty because we have lost faith in our institutions. And we have lost faith in our institutions is because we've sat around and said, well, they're speaking in a nice tone, therefore there's no real reason to criticize them. They're, they're doing what they are. They've got a different perspective. That's good, right? Well, we live in a day and age where the mass institutions are not interested in critical thinking. And so people, those of us out here living our lives, we're stuck in a place where we have a whole set of things around us which are just corrupt and legitimately corrupt. But they put on a nice mask, so we tend to give them a pass. Um, All this needs to not survive. Those are things which need to be changed to this. We need to be more attentive to the truth. We need to be more assertive and more personally responsible. Um, And another thing, the government itself is, of course, a big alligator in this. It has not proven itself to be interested in life. Um, The whole language of who is essential, what is not essential, you know, that is a, the, the demons and devil down in hell, they laugh at that joke. They like when politicians play the idolatrous game of that because they know that if you're deemed not essential, you're going to be sitting at home and domestic violence, getting angry, perhaps even committing suicide, which has happened and has happened a lot. Suicide has been on a very serious increase, especially here in Tennessee. Um, The demons at hell laugh when you're called non-essential and then you go in and kill yourself. You're tempted by wretched sins and things of that nature. All of these things are very, very big problems. And so I, I bring all of this to ahead that says we're at a time in society where there's not really a morally neutral stand. You can't really just sit wherever you're at in life, whether you're you're someone who's working or not right now, you can't just sit somewhere and say, well, I'm just going to be neutral and let the world unfold because sin itself is not neutral. 
in the first James Bond movie, when Dr. No comes to James Bond and says the criminal mind is always superior, he is correct, depending on how you would define superior, of course, but sin never has reservations. You know, if you're James Bond, you're not just going to kill people willy-nilly whenever it's convenient. You actually have some morals that you have to abide by, but sin does not. They'll take advantage of something. They don't care if you've already been victimized once. They'll victimize you again and then make you into a monster too while they're at it. The, the sin nature that runs in all of our, our veins, it is interested in turning us all into monsters. So we don't really have an option to take a morally neutral stand in the world where we're in right now. And we're reminded that for the people of God, the pathway forward is always straight and narrow. It is straight and narrow. Many are, are called, but few... There's always going to be a few people who can weave this this walk where we say we're going to be fully surrendered to God. We're not going to be waiting on the next news or governmental cycle. We're actually going to be waiting on what the, the biblical wisdom, the revelation of the Holy Spirit, we're going to be looking to God. We're going to be using our minds, though, because a big part of the biblical narrative is that each and every one of us, we are given personal responsibility. God takes people and says, I want you to go out and do something. When he comes to Abraham and Sarah and says, those you bless are blessed, those you curse, you curse. What God is saying is the choices you make in your mind, they're real, they have serious consequences. And even in the New Testament, this idea of being transformed by the renewing of your mind and not just conform to the world, that reminds us that there are real world consequences and the authority and the commission that has been given to us by God, they are real. We must be firm in our convictions and we must behave in a, a righteous fashion. So there are a lot of alligators right now. A lot of people, when they've heard me be skeptical of the, the main narratives we get out, I'm not saying that the virus isn't real at all. I'm simply saying it is a it is a alligator that you got to pay attention to, but also you've got to be wise and realize there's going to be a whole lot of other alligators come up as well, um, and a lot of them are coming for you, you and your home. the The truth is is that sin is crouching at the door, and it is crouching at your door. It wants you. It wants you to be angry. It wants you to erode your character. It wants you to be depressed. It wants you to feel like you're worthless. It wants you to be ruled by tyrant. And if you're in the position of government, it wants you to become a tyrant. You know. The sin nature is not on hold through all of this, and it has no restraints. So there's a lot of alligators in the yard right now, and we ask the people of God we must stand firm and we must have a clear path forwards. For a while now, I've been saying victory in this moment is us wisely persevering without losing sight of what matters most in life, without us spiritually crippling ourselves, without us doing things which are really dumb. Um, throughout history, the spirit of the age always makes you look dumb. Whether you're living 50 years ago in America and everybody thinks asbestos is good, so you put it in your house, you put it in your walls, you wear it in your on your hands as gloves, um, and then you find out that asbestos is bad, and then you know everybody memory holds and forgets that we suddenly thought it was good. And the same thing always happens. People throughout history, they get on board with the nearest bandwagon, and if you start to say that is where the power is, that's where the decision-making center is. And if the church starts saying things like, well, we're going to listen to the experts, well, if the, the experts turn out to be wrong and the church just went along with it without any questioning, without even applying the biblical wisdom that you find in Scripture, things like those who seek to save their life will lose it, those who, who lose their life for my name's sake, they will find it. When, whenever we start walking away from that Scripture, we forget things like there in, in Proverbs where it says, there is a way to a man that seems right, but in the end leads to the way of death, which you find twice in the book of Proverbs. Um, whenever you, you start forgetting those things are actually real and they apply to you, um, that's where bad things happen. Whenever you start forgetting that tyranny comes in like Ashpenaz, the, the chief eunuch of Nebuchadnezzar, and he tells you, well, for your own health, you need to eat this diet. 
um, we start forgetting that that these things they are petty and they're in the in their idolatry because it's Nebuchadnezzar trying to exert himself as God. Um, we we find ourselves in a bad place, and the church will look really dumb in the end if we we just concede all this to the government and go along with the government saying who is as an individual essential and who is not. The government assigning worth like that, which is evil, it is pits of hell evil, um, in absolute pits of hell evil. I, I it makes my blood boil just thinking about how the the arrogant people to talk down to to individuals like that. Um, Jesus did not die on a cross and rise again. For some body, um, whether they be a mayor, governor, or even president, whoever they may be, God, God did not come and walk amongst us so that we would sit around and decide who who is essential and who is not essential. It is it is a pits of hell evil, and to think that well, when they say essential, it just means stay at home. No, there are real consequences for that. We we've seen it with things like suicide, with domestic violence. There is real consequences to that, and the demons in hell laugh when the church goes along with the spirit of the age. Um, but there is hope. I don't want this whole conversation about the alligators in the yard to be a, a negative one because there's always hope in Christ Jesus. And as the church, the more people know Christ Jesus as their Savior, the better off we will be. And in fact, spiritual revival, if we can have that, we will be just fine. However, it often takes great tragedy in history for people to get there, and I hope that that is not the case with where we're at now. I hope that we've seen enough tragedy in the world to move towards that. I'm really saddened by the fact that in many ways the church may have not outright said that we're non-essential, but we've gone along with the language of essential and non-essential, that we've sent an implicit message that gathering together is not essential, you know, the fellowship is not essential, we can do all of those things in a more casual thing. There is an implied message that when you go along with everything that the government says, that the government is now God, it makes the decisions, it is the true arbiter of morality and truth, and the more you do that, and the government is always going to do things which make them look stupid in the end. They're never going to admit they're wrong, though. But the more you do that, the more you're planting seeds in people's lives that the church is not really the church. So things like the church um, accepting money, to, and, and even this applies to business as well, but people getting money from the government, you know, that that's an alligator that you may not see bite you right now, but it does send out a message that our God is not the true Redeemer. And it's a very, very sad thing. And again, my the wisdom that I have for all of this is we need to be prudent as individuals and persevere as individuals. Where our lives are like are very different, and there's not a one-size-fits-all answer to this. And just because there's one alligator doesn't mean you get to ignore another. You have to be conscientious and navigate these waters with great perseverance, with great wisdom. I brought up that one scripture, and I'm going to close with it. Jesus in Matthew 10, verse 16 says, See, I am sending you out into the world as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. It's a very good scripture to keep close to your heart and it will, it'll go a long way with you. So with that, let's go ahead and close and I'll, I'll say the Lord's Prayer with us as we draw this message to an end. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And with that, thank you for joining me. Again, I'm Pastor J. Dylan Proctor here at Kingdom of the Logos. God love you and have a blessed day.